It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty and Johnny podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, I present to you, Aaron Shattertalk. Bottom. Hey, John, what's going on, man? The abyss is real, but we have stuff to talk about. I can't believe it. You know, I thought for sure, and we don't even actually even have to talk about that terrible AFC championship game yesterday. But, oh. um... Or conspiracy theories in general, like we were talking about during the pregame. But uh, yeah, that's no, basically. Actually, I, I think there's enough stuff to talk about, man. Yeah, we can. I mean, that's the thing that we can definitely put in here for, uh, you know, filling the space in the front. But uh, you and I are not big conspiracy people for the most part. Like uh, I used to be. I really did when I was in college because I didn't have a family and had time to actually stop and think about other stuff. Yeah, I don't know. They're fun <laughs> to think about in terms of an abstract sort of thing like oh man could we deep dive on jfk yeah it's interesting and it's a fun you know kind of mental thing but uh yeah it's not well i mean i mean i guess the question at this point is are we gonna have aaron Rodgers back next year or a deep fake of him right on the The guy from the um david carr Derek carr sorry Derek carr david carr Carr. doesn't exist in the league anymore Yeah. Well, I think, you know, obviously, if you've been watching all those commercials that came out from uh, State Farm or whatever, he's been using a body double to go to practices, right? Yeah, that's we that's, should put, that's what I've been, Yeah, we should put that guy told. in the field. We should put that guy in the field. He's the guy who's actually been practicing all offseason. <laughs> well, according to the response to last week's podcast, you should probably get a body double from me. And his name is friend of the show, Pete. And just have it be the permanent co-host because he's better than I am. Oh. He brings more to the show too. Oh, self-own we'll, right there. We'll call you guy in came, every now and guy, then. Guy came on and just spewed truth about UW Milwaukee and Marquette, and and I'm sitting here going, "What do I add to the show except for stupid Packers opinions?" Oh, it's man. Fun. Well, you want to hear a fun thing? This, uh, I guess, a worldwide opinion. Uh, I I'm had fired. shared this. I had oh. no. I had heard this with Aaron, and we've got some time up front because we don't have a lot of other things to say. We're going to go over a lot of basketball today, but U.S. I'll Bank Stadium. alienate some of our listeners. Come on. Right, right. U.S. Bank Stadium is officially ranked the ugliest stadium in the world. This was reported oh, by God. WCCO, and as you know, that is a Twin Cities um, arena. That is the Twin Cities uh, TV station. Uh, yes. British-based building supplies outlet conducted a survey of what people find to be the ugliest buildings in the world. And uh, the stadium itself is the seventh ugliest uh, building in the U.S. behind the J. Edgar Hoover building in Washington, D.C., the Boston Why City he has Hall. Why named after him? I don't know. But, New uh, York's Verizon building, all those things. And the Met- and this hmm. one, yeah, and if you've ever actually seen it, like, here's the thing is, it is bells and whistles. It is updated and new and modern. It is an ugly building. It and it's hip how with it and wow. And it looks really weird in the downtown. No, like, and it's so so and if you've never seen the Twin Cities like skyline, Twin Cities has a very iconic, beautiful skyline. That's nice. Dominated mostly by the IBS building, which is a big, beautiful building. Lots of art deco mid century buildings that look absolutely gorgeous. And back when the Metrodome used to be downtown, it just looked like you know, the Metrodome kept a pretty low profile. It looked like the State Puff Marshmallow Man went to take a nap on his back downtown, yeah, basically, right. is what it looked like. And it was non-intrusive because it looked like a pillow. White. And it's the right colors for the other right. buildings in the area. it was gray and white. It kind of blended in. And U.S. Bank Stadium is just, it looks like a... It's it weird and like angular. A Nike, it looks like a Nike swoosh in downtown Minneapolis. <laughs> like, it's really out of place, like, especially, like I said, because all those buildings downtown are pushing, you know, 70 years old for the most part, some of the bigger buildings. And it, it kind of, some of it resembles some of the Chicago skyline. And then there's that thing. 
Yeah. There's the Fauché building, which if you go downtown uh, in St. Paul. thank you. I couldn't think of Fauché. Yeah, it's ideas. a beautiful Fauché, yeah. Art Deco. It is, I believe it's the largest obelisk-style building. It's based on the Washington Monument, so it is an obelisk-shaped thing. And it has a lookout on the top. When you stand up there and look out and you look towards the U.S. Bank Stadium, it is a weird, ugly thing sticking out in the middle of a decent, you know, reasonable downtown. Uh, so it's strange looking. It just looks strange. It doesn't fit the area. It was built with no concern for what was around it. It is an ugly building, and it's so and, great and, that and it is and recognized internationally. Hundreds of thousands of birds, yes. migratory birds. Yes, but just recognized because, because internationally. Because Mississippi is Waterway ugly. is a is a massive yes waterfowl migration course. Because of course Mississippi goes all the way up into northern Minnesota, gets close to the Red Red River, mm-hmm. birds birds migrate to and from northern canada and they built a giant stadium with a uh, open end that is glass and for the first year and a half there were thousands of dead birds at the bottom of it because they thought they were flying in to land on a big green lake yeah yes yes so that's the fun that we have in in, and that gives you a taste of what our pre-gaming is for this show (laughs) it's just the amount of weird random things we we end up talking about and then we're like yeah, so bucks, right? You know, <laughs> but with that all done, I should mention before we get into our main part of this that you can follow the show on Twitter. The show on Twitter is actually at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host, and I'll just say it up for you, Aaron. Uh, you can follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. At Cheddar Talk, it's at Cheddar Talk. So those are the well, things to follow and, here. And speaking of conspiracy theories, apparently Ooh. over the last over the last week and a half, according to my count. I've gained over 75 followers, but <laughs> okay. somehow have lost nine. All right. Huh. Well, yeah. that's a strange times. All right. I know. <laughs> but anyways, you just oh, say one, one controversial thing, and you lose 50 followers. It's the craziest thing. Okay. All right, everybody. Well, we'll get rolling with the part of the show here that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. So for main event, we're going to start with Bucks. Uh, Bucks have actually the last bit has been great. Um, it, it it's been four straight wins now. Uh, we've started actually seeing Middleton playing more. Uh, a couple days ago, he comes back, plays against the Pacers, a uh, Pacers who gave the Bucks a a really good game. The first half back in uh, Milwaukee, uh, beginning of it was the beginning of January there. But uh, the Bucks came out, played really well here. They get up 45 to 30 in that first quarter, and they're up, was it 85 to 56? Uh, and then they just kind of coasted on the way out. But Middleton comes in and gets 15 minutes worth of play, uh, seven for 13, uh, but you know, 0 for three from uh, three points. That's uh, you know, 17 points off the bench for him as he starts working himself back in. Um, then you also get the you know the 12 minutes for Noara. I love seeing at the at the games Noir the Explorer. I I, yeah. I don't know. It's just that hits that hits. Uh, yeah. Ingles gets well, twenty three minutes don't get too. Used to it. Don't get used to it. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, uh, twenty three minutes for Ingles as well. So that's you know it's it's nice getting other people in there because we do have to start spreading these minutes out and, and trying to preserve guys like Giannis down the stretch. Giannis gets him 41 uh, against the Pacers and then bounces back to drop 50 on New Orleans. It's fantastic. He hits two threes to go from, uh, I think it's from 44 to 50. Hits his last two. Right. And and the one and the last three-pointer was Steph Curry, prime Steph Curry distance three-pointer. Like pull up, not, 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 not catch and shoot, pull up from about 45 out and drop that bomb. It was ridiculous. Just the heat check at that point. I think he was shooting 75% or something they said. Um, Yeah, 75% and scored 50 points. Marzon put out something about that. Like, first person ever to score um, 50 points on 75% shooting in under 30 minutes. Like, just an obscure stat that just basically says how wildly efficient he was. I saw one, I think it was something like four players have had 75% shooting and 50 points, and he's two of them. You know, it's like, right. geez, all right. Right, right. No, um, it's just, it, no, last night was ridiculous. And he only had, I think, 20 points going into the half. 
And I think he's only had like 30 points going into with 10 minutes left in the game. Yeah. He only got left in the game. He convinced Bud to stay in the game because he was that close to 50. And then he went and got it and promptly left the game. You know, so, yeah. Well, the rest of the team combined for 85. So, I mean, like, this is the one thing is he's shooting 75%. The team ends up shooting 55.2. So you're like, all right, man, there's some stuff missing in there. Uh, The rest of the team is kind of hanging around 50%. They went deep on the bench in this game, too. Beauchamp gets a minute. Uh, Thanasis mm-hmm. gets a minute. Uh, Mamukelashvili gets three, which is fantastic. I love seeing Sandro on the floor. Uh, he gets me going. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. He's just a big, weird dude. Like, he's strange and he seems fun. Uh, him and uh, Holiday down the stretch last year and into the playoffs seemed like a, a really fun groove to hang out with. Um, and they did the, um, the Last Kingdom thing where they were like pretending to draw a sword from their back when he'd, when, when, uh, Holiday right. would score. And if you haven't watched Last Kingdom, that is that is fun. And if you like, you know, uh, Alfred the Great, it's really in your wheelhouse, I'm sure. <laughs> Aaron and I so, are on this, though. We are definitely in this area. Yeah, no. Uh, and it's um, we, what I was going to get back to, too, is you we were talking about how Middleton was back now and how we're starting to see the real core of the team back again, even though Bobby's out now for a little bit with a sore knee. But Bobby can be Bobby gets all the credit in the world for holding the team together and keeping us keeping the team in the us. We're not us. It's the team. I'm a fan. Um, keeping the Bucks relevant in the East, not just I mean, not just relevant, but like at the top of the East, not like with a good record. You know, Bobby Bobby did yeoman's work, like keeping that the team where it is like no doubt about it as drew was hurt uh Giannis was hurt chris has been hurt brooks been pretty solid too uh but uh but uh bobby has been worth every penny that the, the bucks have him on such a bargain man god he's on yeah. such a bargain mm-hmm. but uh it, it's been it, it, but you saw it like you kind of see it like when the other pieces are there it's 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 not that Giannis scored 50 points because he had to. He scored 50 points with ease. Right. Because because other because he was getting the ball in favorable positions because other things were happening around him. Pat was shooting threes. Uh, Drew was driving, scoring. Um, Chris was, you know, only out there for 15 minutes. Yeah. I, I don't mean to take away from any of the greatness of Giannis, but that was an easy 50 he scored last <laughs> night. Like, that was... He's, you don't score 50 points in under 30 minutes um, if if people are tackling you as you get to the hoop. Yeah. Like, the Pelicans are a decent team. Now, granted, their top three players were out. So let's not take that away from the equation either. But, like, Giannis, <laughs> he really just hammered down, like, hey, I'm going to score 20 points here in 30 seconds. So buckle up, people. Yeah, here let's it comes. Have some fun here. Here it comes because he can when other when other people have to be guarded. And, you know, go, let's go back to 2019, the first run to the, the finals, which they should have made, mm-hmm. except for Nick Nurse was smart enough to just drop. It, it was like the it was like what the 49ers started doing last night against the Eagles. If you notice, they didn't rush Jalen Hurts. They just their defensive linemen just stayed at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Did you see that at all? Depending on the plays. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, they like, did that a lot because like, he'll kill you either way, I suppose. They, they, they made him pass. And it was a really good idea. And it's the same thing. That's what Nick Nurse did with Giannis. Like, I'm going to drop four dudes into the box and good luck, you know, make the other people. And that's what they've slowly been making the team to be is to get him open. And he was one-on-one underneath a lot. And that's why he scored at will. And, mm-hmm. you know, against a team that really wasn't giving too much of an effort either. But, you know, it's good to have the core back again. If him, Middleton, and Drew Holiday are healthy going into the playoffs – with um, Lopez firing being white shack and Connington being a, a contributor. Um, yeah. I, it, it, it's yeah. it's going to be good. And especially with Joe Ingles, like Joe Ingles. I was and, just going to tell you that Joe Ingles and uh, Joe Ingles is kind of like a halfway point between Grayson Allen and Brooke. Like he's not going to get down dirty in the paint, but he's still a big guy and he can shoot. And he's not too afraid to play defense. He's not the best defender, but he'll play, 
you know, so, I mean, Joe Ingles is kind of an every guy player. So like, there's nothing he can't do. You brought up a name earlier too. And so, you know, with the trade deadline looming, we talked about this with friend of the show, Pete last week too. So there's some real steam out there. Like I can't tell you who the, who the original, um, post came from because you know how it is on twitter like where this started i don't know was it a woge bomb we don't know but basically so the bucks have permission to talk to jay crowder and that's why i said don't get too used to nuora being wrong because nuora george hill serge Ibaka, and second round pick on the line for him along with uh jay crowder talking about uh coming back you know thinking all of a sudden just random texts about uh thinking his coach at uh uh, Marquette for all the great times when he was there. So, um, <laughs> hey, you can put that together too. So, yeah. And well, I think the other thing too, when you're looking at how they've been starting here, we've been generally seeing, uh, you know, Giannis when he, when he's in there and Lopez, and then we've been going with uh, holiday Connington and Allen. When you're, when we were more healthy, because we aren't starting Middleton yet, he's coming off the bench so far at this point. But if we get Middleton in there, suddenly we go from, you know, a forward, a center, and three guards to center, two forwards, and two guards. Um, and one of your forwards is one of the better three-point shooters on your team. Uh, that changes several things about how you can play both offensively and defensively uh, in this league. It changes the height that you're putting on the floor for most of this. Like the problems that the Bucks had when they were playing like the Pacers and some of these other teams is when they're losing the offensive boards because they have to go small with the groups they have and they don't want to burn out Bobby and they don't want to burn out Brooks. So they want to have one of them on the floor at a time if they can, but you do they, they have to take segments where they're playing them both because you need to be able to have that kind of defensive look. And having you know, having Middleton back changes a lot of that and gives them a lot more options in terms of what what their offense and their defense can do. It makes them way more flexible and adds a lot of length. So right, and and, and 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 Grayson Allen is a great complement to uh, Middleton. Like right. everyone, we've discussed this. I think on this podcast, right. if not me in front of the show, Pete have discussed this person to person. Um, Grayson Allen has been a starter in this league because he is a borderline starter. He's he's that third wide receiver on a bad team that is the second wide. Alan Lazard the last couple of years, you know, Alan yeah. Lazard is a great third receiver, but he's been pressed into second receiver um, duties. Uh, Grayson Allen has been when he was with the Grizzlies. It was just the Grizzlies only before this, right? I think uh, so. Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah I, I, I believe so. But like, he's been a starter on bad teams where he should probably be the first guy off the bench. He would be an awesome sixth man. And, you know, he against the Bulls in the first round of the playoffs last year, he was that villain that we didn't know we needed. Like, he showed up and he balled. But he can't be Chris Middleton all the time. However, he is a great compliment to Chris Middleton, like coming off the bench because he's a bigger guard. Uh, he's a bigger guard. He's small forward. He's not big enough to be a forward, but he can kind of do the same things Chris Middleton can do. And as I was talking to a friend of the show, Pete, about we went to the Monster Jam, uh, the, the the Monster Trucks at Fiserv yeah. last weekend. And, of course, it's still the Bucks Stadium. So you're walking around there and they have all the Bucks things where you can go up to the wall and test your wingspan against, you know, like they've got the silhouettes of Brooke Lopez and Giannis and everybody and see how big their arms actually are. And then they have handprints on the wall like they do at the Packers Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. To where I found out I have bigger hands than Mark Chimura. Good Ooh. for me. Right. Yeah, I do. What you're grabbing. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I also have bigger hands than Dorsey Levins, even though Ooh. Dorsey Levins has ridiculously big hands. It, Grace Dorsey, and Allen's hands oh, are Grace and Allen's hands are giant. Because his hand hand silhouette is on the on the wall. It's giant. And so of course Giannis's hands are just freakishly big, right? He's giant. So are Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. The only the only person on the team whose hands mine were close to were Pat Connington. Uh, every <laughs> finger was as big except for the middle finger. He's got a longer middle finger to say. Right. But anyways, um, <laughs> just saying that, that and, and between that and then, a friend of the show, Pete, showed me videos of Grayson Allen winning slam dunk contests coming out of high school. Like, he gets painted as this short white guy that can only shoot threes. He's not. He is very much the same player as Chris he's, Middleton. He's just smaller. Yeah, he's 6'4". You know? 
yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's a couple inches shorter he's definitely a guard um he's slower he can't jump as high um could probably shoot as good as middleton but he's a great compliment and if we can have him coming off the bench if we can have some of these other players it's just like everything in the nba you know as soon as you take one piece out of the jenga puzzle you know that the tower gets a little bit weaker you know you've got a three covering a two now if if we get middleton back and we can have when they were talking about trading Grayson Allen, he was the last person I want gone. Like that dude is such a good complimentary player and everyone gives him this dirty player. He's his technical fouls per minute are one of the lowest in the league. Like, like let's just keep holding on to this uh, Duke Duke basketball thing that he's got, you know, that the mantra that surrounds him from his time at Duke, he's not because he did in fact kick like three different people square in the manhood in, in college. He did. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that did happen. Let's not say that didn't. Oh no. I said, that's what came, but that's what's following him from college in the NBA. He, Yes, mildly hit Caruso as they were both in the air and he landed on his, he was going for the ball on that one because Caruso is an idiot. But anyways, how did he go ahead? Chicago cry away um but, uh, but no i mean this is this is what the team is supposed to be this is a team that won an nba championship handily as a matter of fact closed out in the six. atlanta hawks <laughs> yeah closed out the atlanta hawks in the eastern final without giannis because yeah. they're that good mm-hmm. they're that good brooke lopez played a game five against the atlanta hawks that was unbelievable yeah. He was as good because for one night he could put on the Superman cape and be Giannis for one night because you can do that. All these players can do this for one night. You can't do it for a whole season, though. Right. And that's the thing. Like, and, and Grayson Allen did last year against Chicago in the first round of the playoffs. You can do it for a, a short spell, but at some point you need your stars back. And Chris Middleton is a star. He has Kobe Bryant-like um, attributes. He can, he can, he can, he has now saying he's Kobe Bryant again, no hyperbole. And we're not going that far. You're saying it's like, it's a light version at at times. Like he's got attributes that look like how Kobe Bryant plays. He's the same size and everything. Well, like somebody had a, something on there where it's like, uh, has a bad game, uh, becomes an overrated player, plays well, becomes underrated. Prime MJ beca- has a bad game, right. and like it's a it's a circle of five things, and they're like, right. you are here. <laughs> but, but 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 the one thing about the one knock on Chris Middleton is his durability over these last couple of years. Yeah. MJ played eighty one to eighty two games a year. Kobe played most. Kobe played seventy plus games a year, seventy five plus games a year. You know, it's 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 hard to it's hard to fight back when. You know, last year, Brooke was out for most of the year and Chris has been out for most of the end of last year and this year and say you're in a good place, you know, and maybe bringing in Jay Crowder is going to help. But Jay Crowder, the one thing about Jay Crowder is you don't have to worry about him in the finals. Yeah. And and he's he is a backbreaker. He he does have that P.J. Tucker quality about him, except he can shoot better. Yeah. No, he'll he's... get in people's faces. He'll push people around. He'll establish, you know who is in charge on the floor if, if Giannis isn't already doing it enough. Yeah. But, you know, you got to let Giannis cook. You got to let Giannis score them points, man. But, yeah, they need somebody like P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker, that was a bigger loss than I thought it'd be. Um, Javon Carter does a decent job. But, again, if we're yeah. talking about, like, somebody who is the light version of something, Javon right. Carter is a light version of having Tucker because yeah, he's, he's not key, that good, he's, but he's, he's, he's good. Key, he's the keystone light of – of PJ Tucker for sure. <laughs> uh, Jake, Jake Crowder is not afraid. He, he gets, he gets dirty. He gets, I mean, you're a big hockey fan, big Bruins yeah. fan. Yeah. Like uh, what, what's, what's your enforcer's name out there? The big guy. They don't, they don't really have a, a large enforcer right now. The biggest thing they've got is the perfection line with, you know, pasta and Marchand and uh, Bergeron. Um, no, who's your big defenseman? That's well, they like used to have Zdeno Chara. He's retired. Zdeno Chara, sorry, he's retired now. Yeah, but six yeah, foot yeah. nine. He had to have yeah. a special permission from the NHL for a stick that reached the ice because it's outside of the NHL rules. <laughs> right. I mean, that dude. That dude's scary. That dude was scary. If you yeah. need someone scary on your team, Giannis is scary, but he's a nice guy and he's a scorer. You know, yeah. as good as he is at defense, he's not. He's not that guy. He's 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 not mean. 
Giannis yeah. is not Giannis is meaner on offense than he is on defense. I suppose that's true. Yeah, I'll give you and, that. And, and he and he won't get in other players' faces because he's he's too good of a human being. He doesn't fight. He's he's at peace. You know, he does the bull the bull snare like when he dunks it from the free throw line, but he's not he's as not as, as long as you're not, not a ladder. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, one hundred percent. What I just said. He's meaner on offense than he is on defense, and also too, you don't want your number one best player on the planet being the enforcer that's Mm-mm. not that's not that's not good business practice you want someone who if they fall out of the game yeah great whatever well you know that sucks but hey we got someone who can do almost the same job and plus he already made his mark by getting kicked out of the game and <laughs> really disrupting everything i mean draymond green's gonna go to the hall of fame because of that wow you know in the meantime clay and steph are doing all the heavy lifting right you know, right. He's just he's just he's just out there instigating and getting the other team off. You know, I watched it the other night. They had the Memphis Golden State game and like he put he put John Morant in a headlock and they didn't call it. <laughs> They're just so tired like, of calling how the all. hell how the hell. And it's like because he falls on every play. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's like, like Seahawks what, defense and, and, and you and you hate him for it. But you know what it does? It, it works. really knocks the other team out of their element. You know, like I hate it and you should because it's dirty, but it really knocks the other team off, especially if you have a soft player. That's the reason why I don't think uh cat's playing for the Timberwolves right now. Cause he can't take the pressure and other teams have realized that. And they just start body checking him and he doesn't, he's too soft. You know, that's what makes LeBron James as great as he is. LeBron James can take a beating, man. He is durable, and he can throw out a beating, and he'll get in people's faces, and he'll trade money with China and make himself a billionaire. And, and cry on the afraid. floor when he doesn't get fouled last night. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He but... ain't afraid. He'll get fans ejected out of the front row. He does. He's not afraid of confrontation. You know? But I, I tell you what, though, you want to have fans up in Minnesota, you got to be okay with getting a body check every now and then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, right? Yeah, it's, it's hard to be a soft NBA player in a town where where we, we got a team where it's hockey, the hockey state, yeah. uh, the state of hockey, Minnesota, where people aren't afraid to lose a tooth. What's going on there? Sure Did you that, lose a finger? Hey, okay, tape it up, get back yeah. out there. Okay. Are Jeez. you are you willing to lose a tooth to make sure that puck doesn't go on the goal? All right, then All you right. can be a defenseman. Put you your know. face down on the ice. It's going to be okay. Yeah. The whole body. You don't need a stick just get in front of the puck. You can <laughs> kick the puck down the ice. <laughs> I cut three guys off the team today. Not off the <laughs> roster, but with a knife. <laughs> one of those types of games. Oh yes. Sorry, did that all make sense? Like, I'm sorry. No, I got you on that. that. Having that, you know, Wayne Simmons guy. Like we talk about the Packers that they right. they haven't had since they had Mike Daniels. You know, kind of thing. Since they had and, Kevin Green as a coach, man. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, having that is that that's a key key point, and I think that that's an important thing as well. Having that physical presence, and um, you know, the Celtics get that by just not having fouls called, which is one thing. But yeah, that's you know, they're gonna get in your face and play physical, and then make them call it. I mean, like when they go in there and they hit uh, LeBron last night as he's going up. I mean. You expect you're getting hit at that point. That team is going to be physical with you, uh, or they're going to fall backwards without being touched like Marcus Smart does all the time. But, yeah, then um, the Bucks, though, good four-game winning streak. I mean, the hard one, that you know, this comes off that loss to the Cavaliers, that the Bucks have looked very good against the Cavaliers this year. Uh, they had a really – I mean, that was a really bad game for them I mean, on the road. But then coming back and getting the you know the Pistons as a team to get healthy against they're young and they're going to be better soon I think but they're not there this year. Uh, when oh, the, the Pistons, yeah, uh, Nuggets oh, God, getting the Nuggets at home at the Pacers and then playing the Pelicans at home, getting four straight there after that. Um, Can you imagine being a Detroit sports fan in general? Uh, like literally, the Lions are the only thing you have to look up to. Right now. Yeah, well, they got a kid at Detroit Mercer or Detroit Mercy who is on pace to apparently might break Pete Maravich's record, scoring record, like no joke. I did not know that was coming, but apparently that's a thing to look at at this point too. What, the, the 50 points a game or all-time? All-time scoring record. 
Like no S, huh? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like Mercer? Mercy. Uh Detroit Mercy. Well, which is is that, is, D, I, is that D one? Yes, they're in the Horizon League, which helps me to oh, move okay. directly into the fact that who else is in the Horizon League? Well, Milwaukee and UWGB. Right. And Milwaukee now that we talked about a little bit last week, and I with friend of the show Pete talking about that team, I had to go look some of this up. I had to start watching some of these guys. That is a tall, uh, like uh, mid-major team. They have Manute Bowles' nephew on this team, mm-hmm. Moses Bowl. They have Vin Baker Jr. I was like, what? What in the world? Um, this was which a crazy you, game. Which makes you wonder, like, because did did Vin like help get his son to the to Milwaukee? Like, I you'd know. think he was part of the recruiting process, right? I don't know. He probably grew up there while his dad was playing there, and he's probably, Vin's been around the yeah. area. It's right, not like Vin exactly. disappeared. Uh, but yeah, I, I had to ask that question. It was like that's so so Moses Bowl. That's a little bit of a you know, you, you can you can speculate how that happened, but like uh, as far as like Vin Baker's kid, but it's like that's a little too close to home. So yeah, he must have been, you know, friend of the show. Pete talks about that when he was out in Washington D.C. He did a um, Pentagon assignment. Um, eight years ago. And that's where his son was born. And he said that his son kind of holds allegiance to Washington teams because huh. that's where he was born. That's funny. My, my, my son was born and, you know, as you know, my oldest was born in, in the twin cities. Uh, I think it was actually in Bloomington, uh, but he doesn't have any allegiance to any Minnesota schools no, <laughs> or teams. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's my kid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, the Panthers played against Northern Kentucky Northern Kentucky was a game ahead of the Panthers coming into this game, and they are now tied. But this game was crazy. Played at Northern Kentucky, the Norse, by the way. Um, the final. Let's are you let's get this. Me? They're the Norse. Yeah, they're south yeah. of us. They are the Norse. All right, all right, um, yeah. We the North of Kentucky. Because that huge Norwegian population in Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. They had foam swords for everybody in the stands. Everything was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, no, they came in. That team. Uh, they played played really, really well. Down the stretch, um, Milwaukee got up, and I have to be careful because I always almost say Marquette, or I do say Marquette, but I mean Milwaukee, the Panthers. Okay. They got up 75-70, and there's like 16.9 seconds left. Uh, the Norse go down, get a quick bucket. Milwaukee gets the ball, goes for the inbounds. There, there's a lot of pressure. He tries a little over-the-top pass to a guy by like the free-throw line. Uh, the Norse player jumps up, tips it back. They get one shot, rebound, another shot. There are 11 seconds left. It is now a one-point game. In about the span of five seconds, they've gone from a five-point lead to a one-point lead. Uh, and then I think they threw the ball away. So Kentucky, Northern Kentucky got the ball back with like 10 seconds to play. Uh, it was... It was beyond terrible how they did not finish that game at that point. Uh, But they did manage to kind of force them to hang out at the three-point line and then shoot a super long three that did not find the rim. Ball bounces. Yeah, did not work. And uh, Bull Bull runs into their center. I forget his name. Knocks him to the ground trying to grab the ball. No foul. They're both just jumping for the ball. Uh, I mean, like, that's it. And they both run into each other, so it's not like one jumping into the other. They, neither of them had position particularly. And then the ball goes off to the side. Northern Kentucky guy grabs it and just throws a kind of from you know over off the left and behind the basket shot that doesn't go in. But so they win by one, 75-74. But the craziest single stat here is for me is BJ Freeman is the leading scorer for Milwaukee. In fact, the only player to reach double digits. I mean, they got points from everybody. They they go six deep on the bench in this game. They get five plus. Well, I'm sorry. Only one player did get four, but everyone on the bench is four, five, six, seven, five, seven. You know, they're getting some points from everybody. BJ Freeman gets 23. Only player in double digits, like I said. He shoots three for 10 from the floor. How does he get to 23, you ask? Well, he was 17 of 17 from the free throw line. Like what? That is an insane statistic. He gets six total points. 
that were not free throws, but is 17 for 17 from the free throw line. Uh, <laughs> it was just making count. What was it? What was his name? Ab- Abdul. Who's the Who's the NBA player that I was shot like 100 percent every year? Oh, um, Ab- Abdul. Abdul Ar- 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 I, can't, I can't remember his name. I, I know who you're talking about, and I can't remember Played how to say his name. I'm going to say it wrong yeah. and terribly, and I don't want to do that at this point. Yeah. Yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah. All right, before I go on to look up that, um, just wanted to let you know that, of <laughs> course, uh, the United States Commonwealth of Kentucky uh, before 1790 was populated with uh, no Europeans. So <laughs> no Europeans. Just thought, just, thought, just thought I'd bring that up because, uh, yeah, that's what the original population was before we – pushed them out or killed them and then yeah, after that true. it was um uh uh german irish english italian and uh swedish pulled up the rear at 0.2 percent there you so go that's that that's all oh the dutch were one percent i suppose they can sort of be called norse so yes dutch uh i don't know no i mean I, 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 um denmark is connect it's this one no of the no the sca- dutch are netherlands no the Denmark is not the Dutch. Those are the Danes. The Dutch Sorry. would wow, be uh, the United Provinces or the Netherlands. Wow. Holland. Holy smokes. I was completely wrong there. And I it, it happens that. that one we've yeah. people have done Danes. that plenty. I think yeah. we've done this one on this one. That's one of those weird things with the dyslexia uh weird O C D thing that I can't get it out of my head. Yeah, the Danes yep. are the Danes and the Dutch are the Dutch. You are and not the I, only one to do that. Whew, there are yeah, a lot of people no. who get that and you're like, Yep. Sorry. Yeah, so no. Yeah, so basically then, yeah, only uh, 0.2% of the ethnicity in 1790 <laughs> when uh, they uh, all flooded in there because they only counted Europeans as part of the population, not the people who were actually still living there. Uh, <laughs> the 79,000 people there were uh, uh, only 0.2% were Swedish. Anyways, so all right. what was the next thing I was going to look up? Sorry, I already forgot. I'm not sure where you're going to go, but we can say now with uh, Milwaukee being tied for first in the Horizon League with Northern Kentucky, uh, we now also have Marquette tied for first with Xavier. As Xavier falls this week, uh, they fell to Creighton, and then Marquette went out into what should be probably their bigger rivalry game, which is DePaul, the city just south of them, Chicago, uh, and a team in their own conference, DePaul, and they just completely blew them away. The first half was very close. Uh, a couple bad throws, which was uh, very uncharacteristic. A couple times they just kind of threw it nowhere. Uh, came back out in the second half, though. Big games all around. Uh, started playing a lot better. Uh, they win the 89-69 and just really pulled away. The first half was just uh, just hectic and weird for Marquette. They didn't get a lot of space. They didn't get a lot of things going, but they really did wear them down. They went with the three lines, you know, uh, they play 10 deep on the bench in this game. I'm sorry, only nine deep on the bench, uh, actually, I think. But, you know, they go deep on this bench in this game, and uh, DePaul could not keep up with all that. Joplin puts up 20 from the bench, getting 24 from Kolek. When he needs to, he can be a scorer. That's not really what he wants to do. But when Egodaro is getting five total shots, which he made all five, but five shots for Egodaro, then... Yeah, you got to find scoring somewhere else. Prosper only gets them 13 points in 32 minutes on 4 of 11 shooting. When you're getting 23 total points from Igadaro and Prosper, uh, that's, that's a hard game. But yeah, you know, 20-plus points then from each of Kolick and, and Joplin uh, finding a way to pull away in that second half and just take it to DePaul. Again, this is the far better team. I, I, I still don't have any idea how Wisconsin beat this team. And then... Just they're they're on top of the Big East right now, tied with Xavier, who they did lose to. It's one of their two losses in conference, but uh, looking very good, looking very set to have a good run here. And I, seriously, I think they can win the Big East, and I think they can roll through the tournament. It should be a lot of fun to watch. UW Green well, I hope Bay, so. yeah. So Milwaukee on top everywhere. They're on top of the the Central. They're on top of the Horizon League. They're on top of the Big East. Milwaukee basketball killing it. That's really. The, the highlight of this week is that Milwaukee basketball in, you know, major, mid-major, and, and the NBA is, is just at the height of its, its uh, just prowess right now. And they're all right down there. Like, you know, Doug right. Mill is just, like, 
across that little gravel well, that's parking what, lot. That's what Pete was saying last week too. Is that they were uh, trying to get some of the more of the games up at the uh, arena up on because uh, UW UW Milwaukee Milwaukee whatever we're going to call it. They should just <laughs> they should just be Milwaukee State for God's sakes. But anyways. Um, I know we don't have a state college system, but if they want either way or university of Milwaukee, one of the two, but he was talking about, they have their own, uh, arena up there too. So, yeah, you know, but otherwise everything else is right downtown. You're right. So, well, yeah, no, that is right next to Pfizer. It's right there. Oh yeah. yeah I see, mean, yeah. you have to walk past it. I mean, there's yeah. an empty lot between them now. Yeah, you can. I mean, like you can stand in an open lot and look at both. You know, one in, oh, yeah. one I, way I and the other. I was there last weekend. You can yep. definitely look right across the Panther Arena. Yep. You know, uh, UW Green Bay not having that sort of season. They're they're second to last. Uh, they will fortunately get to play the last place team in their in their conference. They will play, as I like to say, Ewe Pewee, the IUPUI, uh, which is Indiana University, <laughs> Purdue University of Indianapolis, Ewe uh, yeah, Pewee. Right. Uh, but yeah, they. They are not doing well. They're two and twenty-one overall, one and eleven in conference. Uh, they lost to Northern Kentucky the other, uh, was it earlier in the week, uh, sixty-eight to fifty, and then they just lost at Wright State, seventy-seven to forty-six. Not having the a, a great great season. Of course, we know Bo Ryan's son was coaching this team as well, but it has not been it has not been a renaissance for the uh, Phoenix, who were last great under. Uh, it was Dick Bennett's team still at the time because that's when uh, Tony Bennett was playing for them and they reached the Sweet 16. The the current coach for Virginia uh, back when he played for UWGB Phoenix. But yeah, they'll be playing IUPUI and then they will be at Milwaukee and then Oakland and like I said, Detroit Mercy. Not Mercer, which I missed said earlier, but yeah, Detroit Mercy uh, where they are also a bad team, but they have a guy who can really score. So that'll be interesting. Now let's go to the downer of the weekend, which is the UW Badgers is still just not good. They suck. Um, I watched that whole game. It was terrible. Like it was terrible. They're a bad team, man. Like, yeah. No, they're, they're I, just you know, bad. You know me. I don't watch a whole lot of. Uh, I don't watch a whole lot of Badgers basketball, but the game was on, and I watched, and it was brutal. Like they have lost six of their last seven games. Now they beat Penn State at home. On a game they very easily could have lost because that was one where Penn State's got the ball and a chance to tie it and gets off a shot that could tie it uh, and had a chance to take a lead late even. And, yeah, um, Maryland just murdered them. They lost at Northwestern, which is gross. Like, just give up at that point. And I, I know some people were talking about this. It's the, the talk that maybe they're terrible at recruiting. You're like, well, you know, you just sent a top 10 pick last year. As a sophomore, like you had a guy who went top ten, you had another guy who got injured and didn't turn into much, and and like that was a the class that had Jordan Davis in it was a or Johnny Davis and Jordan Davis still there. Uh, Johnny Davis in that class was a highly thought of class, like that was a top twenty five, top thirty class. And one of the guys gets hurt and washes out, and one of the guys goes to the NBA, and now you you're left with what's left there. And right. sure, you know you count for well, some and, of that stuff but they just also just don't seem to actually run the offense at this point. Well and 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 it to you know if you listen to a couple sound bites from guard I'm I'm not I I don't know if he's lost the team or what but before this last game even he was talking about like how there's one guy running around trying to do a whole bunch of things and then four guys just standing around doing nothing calling yeah. out his own team. Which he should cuz that's what's happening. Well, I mean, yeah, it's spot yeah. on. But, I mean, if the head coach is calling out his players, that means he's lost them because then they're not listening to him, obviously. Yeah. Because you don't you don't call out your team in the media unless you've lost them and they're not listening. They're, they're obviously not listening to him. It's it's not working, you know, to to quote Nick Foles on the Chicago Bears sideline last year. It's, it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it, it looks terrible. It's, it's, it's not... I, I there was there was nothing about that game the other day that was competitive. Like the the the, the Badgers kind of got back into it sort of at one point, but then just still got run. And what's his name from Illinois just lit him up. You know, they, it's like it's in the just, first half it looked like it was, they could it was hang very lackluster. You know, it's like yeah. th- there's 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 getting your there's there's getting your back end your, your back you. end beat. You know, and there's, you know, when you're out matched or something like that. It was the Bucks, or to the Bucks, 
Bucks played well. The Badgers yeah. absolutely just looked like they weren't supposed to be there. Like, yeah. like I got stuff to do, man. It's a <laughs> Saturday. I got stuff to do. Yeah, no. They Let's get out well. here. I got to go drink some beers down on State Street, man. I'm. I got some NIL money to make with my car dealership over there on the West End. So let's get this game over with so I can go make $50,000, you know, being a lackluster player. Yeah. Line up those alumni. Pay them, pay them, pay them. Jeez. They're not the sum of their parts. They're less than the sum of their parts at this point because Chucky is going into severe Demetric Trice territory. You know, oh, just, you mean you mean only shooting forty percent from the free throw line? Yeah, and and dribbling around because he has to save the team. I mean, the hero ball is ridiculous on this team. Sometimes Tyler Wall does it too. I mean, his is more effective than Chucky's, but it is still hero ball. They're not running the offense. They're not playing the way that this team is built to play. And the only thing I'll say is that it really feels like Greg guard teams do this once a year, like just have the stretch for like, can't, can't make it. This team will never do anything. And then they'll put up on the dorms. You need to fire guard. Uh, I mean, there's one, two of the last three big 10 regular season titles. So they're not going to fire him probably. But the other thing you have to take into account here, which changed, I mean, you're going to talk about what they did in the recent past and all that, but you know, what's changed is there is a different uh, athletic director and he has no allegiance to any of these people. Uh, You know, who's safe is, Tony Granado and Kelly Sheffield, because Badger women's hockey and Badger volleyball have won national championships in the last couple of years. The guy who who yeah, is the people coaching the cross country teams, they're safe. You know, like won the Big Ten for the men's team. Uh, the the track coaches, they are safe. Those teams are great. Uh, the softball coach probably safe too. That team does pretty well. Uh, yeah. I mean, they don't beat Oklahoma, but nobody does. How but, about the baseball team? Yeah, sad. Oh, Nobody's getting fired from the baseball team. You'll never fire oh, any from that baseball title team. Mine, title <laughs> mine. Oh. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, like coming up, you got at Ohio State, you got Northwestern at home at Penn State at Nebraska ball. I mean, I mean, it's. I wish it's, I could feel better it, about it, that stretch. It, you should sweep that stretch. You should. It, sweep it would that be stretch. it would be the most Greg Gard thing to finish somehow finish below the Gophers dead oh. last. The In most the great 10. guard thing would be to sweep the rest of these no, games no. and finish top five. L- let, let me yeah. let me finish my sentence. <laughs> okay, sorry. The most great guard thing ever would be to continue losing and be dead last and then win the Big Ten championship <laughs> at the end of the season. Force like the, everybody's hand. Yeah, force everybody's hand. Like, uh, 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 because uh, <laughs> you can't you can't keep the Big Ten tournament champion. That's an automatic of, bid. It's an automatic bid. Yeah. That would be the most Greg Gard thing ever if they would <laughs> actually do that. Just lose out, be the worst team in the Big Ten, and then somehow win the the tournament. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, but no, you're right. And so, you know, after f- almost forty years of Barry Alvarez and, and rehashing, rehashing country club, just you know, hiring internally, blah blah blah, whatever. Uh, with the big sports, you know, we, we don't pay as much attention to like, how Sheffield got there or anybody else, you know, all these other coaches, you know, all the all the teams that don't get all the press that they should, you know, and how good most of the UW teams are. You really are. Uh, the, the two the two spotlight focus teams on any university is football and men's basketball. And yeah. that's how it is. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a jerk. But it's how it is. You know, those yeah. are the cash cows. And, you know, I remember when I was going through sports management as a minor in college, we were arguing over the fact that those should be exempt from the Title IX stuff because it's not fair to well, basketball <laughs> is because there's a men's and women's basketball team. Right. But I mean, yeah. at the same time, though, but just like how much more money they draw, that's it's not yeah. fair, you know, yeah. because that's in the case of Duke, that's how they make all their money. Until recently, Duke didn't have a good football team. Yeah, I digress. But anyways, um, so with the Wisconsin teams, I mean, it, it's got to be very apparent to McIntosh coming in after, you know, 40 good years. I'm not going to sit here and bash Alvarez. Ba- no, Alvarez made Wisconsin very relevant in the, in sports. He was a good AD. He was a good head coach. He he brought Wisconsin back. Like, I'm yeah. not – this isn't a Alvarez bash-a-thon. However, comma – Macintosh is sitting here looking at the landscape and all these other programs are doing very well, but his two main spotlight programs and his other semi spotlight program being the men's team 
are kind of sucking wind right now. And he's like, this isn't good. But Mm -hmm. when it goes out and gets fickle, what's fickle been doing? Like, I, I, I mean, there's fire in that program right now. If you don't think that guards on the hot seat right now, because what Fickle's doing, you're wrong. And Granado's gone. I, I have to <laughs> think so. We'll get to that he, in the he, next segment here. He, he's 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 gone. But yeah, Macintosh, <laughs> he wants to make his own. He wants to make a statement. He wants to be him. You know. Yeah, I got that wrong. I'm not Granado. I was talking about the men, the women's coach. Sorry, Granado's the men's coach. Got that backwards. Yeah. No, you're right. Wow, I got, I got it right, and you got it wrong. You nailed I it. Yes, about, did. I don't even care about Wisconsin sports. <laughs> no, you nailed that one. I got that wrong. I, I, yeah, missed him with the other. Yeah, so I'm way more in tune with Tennessee sports. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna wrap everything else up that we have in the segment of our show that we lovingly call our last call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time. For the last call. All right, so for last call, what I'm going to start with is Badger Wrestling. Badger Wrestling played against number nine Northwestern, and quite honestly, the reason that they lose 18 to 19, just like the loss that they had to Iowa. But the difference is, it's not on some weird third part tiebreaker. The big reason they lost is because Austin Gomez had an injury default, which cost oh. six points, scores six points. For Northwestern, the number nine ranked Northwestern at Northwestern in the duel. Uh, Eric Barnett gets the decision. Garrett Modal and Dean Hamidi uh, both get major decisions. That's at 157 and 165. Tyler Dow, who's not ranked uh, at 184, gets the decision. And uh, Braxton Amos uh, at 195 gets the decision. In a 17 to 15 lead, uh, Lucas Davison, the number four ranked heavyweight, gets a four to one decision over Trent Hilger, who was number 11 in the nation. Uh, that gets the three points. It makes it 17 to 18. So, yeah, they lose. They lose a very close one there. And it's rough to, you know, the sheer fact that the number two ranked wrestler in his weight class, Austin Gomez, loses by an injury default. Uh, definitely hurt. Uh, then the, the Badgers traveled to Nebraska, number nine ranked. Uh, Nebraska at the time, or I'm sorry, number five, I think, number five ranked Nebraska on the road. Uh, D- Dean Hamidi gets a tech fall. Trent Hilger gets a 9-2 decision. Uh, and Modal and Dow uh, both each lost on major decisions. So only two wins there uh, for the most part with the tech fall and the the, the decision. They lose 11-24 to in this one. So now currently 13th ranked Wisconsin Wrestling. I mean, they've been getting killed in, in Big Ten play, but it's number five, number nine, number one, number two, number four. And then also uh, Iowa State, who's a top ten program as well. So, like, everybody is ranked in there. They have they have ducked nobody in their, well, and their it's, regular wrestling season. Well, and wrestling is such a weird thing. It's such a, like you say, killed, but it's such a relative turn because team team score is so hard. Yeah. Like when your team, when your when your wrestlers are losing by that close, and in, in mm-hmm. case anybody's wondering what a injury tech fall or a injury default, yeah, default is, is that if your wrestler gets injured, but it's not at the fault of the opponent. So like, if if you're to get picked up in the air and slammed on your head, and you can't continue because of an illegal move then the other player is disqualified and that's six points. That's the most points you can score in a match, just like a pin or mm-hmm. uh, a forfeit. Like if you don't have yeah. somebody at that weight class, um, but like if something happens to you, you roll a wrist or something like that, and you just can't go on because once you lose a hand, you're done. Yeah. Like, yeah. You really are. Or in some cases, like in uh, bloody noses, like if you can't get a bloody nose under control, you got a certain amount of time, and if you can't get that thing under control, sorry, man, you're done. Like, yeah. you know, my friend Ron in high school, Ron Pitch in high school, he had his nose cauterized three times, man, Oof. and he just literally tampons up the nose before every contest. And if you've ever played sports, imagine not breathing through your nose. It's hard, <laughs> you know, and so, and, and, and yeah, if you just can't control the bleeding, you got a cut eyebrow. I remember um, – Dude from Luck, Wisconsin, reared his head back and smashed my uh, eyebrow, and I was just pouring blood. And my dad and my coach literally took athletic tape 
and they put gauze over my eye, like just above the eye, and then they put that uh, that stuff that you put underneath the tape when you like wrap an ankle. Yeah. And they put that like so it wouldn't get my eye, and then they wrapped around my head over my hair. I used to have hair in high school, like long hair too. And they just taped right over top of my headgear, my hair, and everything to get that to stop bleeding because they had three minutes to get me to stop bleeding, or I'd be technically disqualified and give you an eye patch and make you say "yar." Yeah, and basically it. Yeah, yeah. and 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 actually, and at at one point it slipped and I started bleeding again, and they took my headgear off and just taped my headgear to my head because <laughs> I, 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 I had the kid beat. I was up 11 to one on this kid, except I was bleeding, you know, brilliant uh, play and, on and, his part. That's the difference between six points and them getting six points. Yeah, it's 12 point like, swing. I ended, up, I ended up pinning the kid at the end, but mm-hmm. yeah, in the locker room afterwards, they just cut my hair to get the tape out of my hair. Nice. All right. So there I say the Wisconsin number 13, they will be playing number 12 ranked six Minnesota. For six. six inches of hair for six points. <laughs> so February 11th, they will be playing, uh, they will host number 12 Minnesota, and then they will host number 15 uh, Northern Iowa on the 18th. Big Ten tournament will be March 4th through 5th. So that's coming up fast. D3 Wrestling. Uh, currently leading uh, WIAC is number fourth ranked UW Lacrosse, who's 12. 12- and three overall, four and zero in the conference. They did just lose to the number two ranked Augsburg, thirty-three to three in Augsburg. Uh, the only win coming from Seth Brossard. Uh, number ten UW Whitewater was at the Pete Wilson Invite, where they finished seventh. Uh, Eau Claire finished second in that one. UWSP finishes nineteenth. Milwaukee School of Engineering twenty-third, and Concordia of Wisconsin twenty-fourth. Coming up, Lacrosse will have a duel with UW Stevens Point. Uh, number 12, UW Platteville will have a duel with Augustana. And on February 4th, we will have the Don Parker invite in Eau Claire. Uh, Lacrosse, Point, Whitewater, and Eau Claire will all be at that uh, tournament. Cobbers? Yes, obviously. Okay. <laughs> in terms of D1 men's hockey, UW, they, they, they lose two in a row to Notre Dame. Notre Dame, by the way, is Big Ten for men's hockey. Uh, so Friday, they get goals from Jack Orbach, uh, Charlie Strammel, and Matthew de Saint-Fal. They fall 3-5. to five. They were outshot 30-35 to 35, uh, shots on goal. Saturday, they lose 3-1. to one. Brock Caulfield, Cole Caulfield's old, older brother, actually, uh, gets the lone goal for the Badgers. Shots on goal were even, 29-29. Badgers lose both games. Women's D1 hockey... Uh, UW came out and just absolutely took it to the Tommies, St. Thomas. Uh, the Tommies awesome. are the Lady Tommies, Thomasinas. I don't know. They're just the Tommies. Six to one over St. Thomas in the first game on Friday. Casey O'Brien gets two goals and two assists. Maddie Wheeler adds a goal and assist. Uh, the other three goals came from Jesse Comfer, Layla Edwards, and Kirsten Sims. Saturday, they get a three to nothing win over St. Thomas. Goals from Maddie Wheeler. Kirsten Sims and Casey O'Brien, Lacey Eden adds two assists uh, in the win. D3 Hockey, Aaron, this is where we make our money. Uh, UW, okay. Yeah, <laughs> obviously it is. Yeah. UW-Eau Claire beats uh, Northland. They win 4-3 to three in overtime and then 5-3 to three on Saturday. UWSP and Stout split over the weekend, point winning 4-1, and then Stout winning 3-1. to one. And then the big one for you, Aaron, the Yellow Jackets of Superior, are superior. They win both games over the weekend against UW River Falls. They win one nothing, and then they win two to one in overtime. As CJ Walker gets the game winning goal, uh, right now the division or the conference lead is number ten UW Stevens Point at thirteen five and three overall, twenty five points. Uh, Superior and Eau Claire both twenty two points in conference, sitting in second place, only game and a half back of Stevens Point for the conference lead. Uh, number 19, Eau Claire, is 14-6-1. Uh, UW Superior, 12-7-2. But somehow, Stout, who is fourth in the conference, is ranked 16th overall nationally. In the NCHA, Concordia, Wisconsin, loses both games to Adrian, 2-8 and 1-12. to uh, Lawrence uh, splits with Lake Forest at home. They lose 7-0, but then win 4-3. Marion uh, gets a... Three to one win, but also a four to five overtime loss against Aurora. 
Milwaukee School of Engineering sweeps Finlandia 3-0 and 4-2. And then St. Norbert splits with Trine in a difficult one. They get a 4-2 win, but then a 3-2 overtime loss. Right now, Aurora is on top of the NCHA, or in, yeah, NCHA, uh, Adrian, number three, Adrian, right behind them, and then St. Norbert in third. They are 14th uh, overall nationally. Milwaukee School of Engineering just behind. Uh, there are two and a half games back of Aurora. Uh, the Milwaukee School of Engineering is 14 and seven right now and actually having a, a fantastic season. The uh, women's D3. But, but are still somehow behind UW Stout. <laughs> no, they're yeah, they're different, different conferences. Oh, yeah, yeah no, NCHA, yeah. Uh, women's hockey, Northland and River Falls. River Falls is the number one ranked team in ho- women's hockey in D three, and they show it by winning nine nothing and then eight nothing over Northland. Uh, Eau Claire plays at Stevens Point, wins four one, and then they switch in the home and home, and Eau Claire wins two to one. River Falls still number one. They're twelve and zero in conference, twenty seven points. Uh, Eau Claire with twenty three points right behind them. Uh, the number nine ranked team in the country. The third best team in the WIAC for women's hockey is UWSP, who is 8, 11, and 1. They are forever behind these other two schools right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in women's hockey, Lawrence sweeps Finlandia 3 1 and 4 1. Uh, St. Norbert sweeps Marion 2 1, 3 0. Uh, Lake, well, no, say so then, uh, yeah, so St. Norbert is actually on top of the NCHA in women's hockey. They're 13th ranked overall right now, right ahead of 19th ranked Aurora and 6th ranked Adrian. And that is where we where, have for all a, that. Where's Aurora from? Is that Aurora? Aurora, Illinois, Illinois yeah. And I want to okay, make so sure that everyone knows I now remembered entirely that Mark Johnson, a multi-time national championship winner and also a member of the 1980 U.S. Men's Olympic Championship team, uh, is the head coach of the Badger women's team, and they should name every facility after him, essentially, because, uh, yeah, he's been there forever. He's been great. Uh, uh, men's and women's indoor uh, track continues on. The men's team had a split where they put part of their team in Illinois and part of their team went to the um, Indiana Relays. Uh, while because there they the... have so many good athletes that they can just split them up and do that. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. So we'll see how they do as they come up to the uh, national. Or, or is that like is that like spring spring squad down in Arizona for the Brewers where they play? Spring? It's early in the season, so you mostly want to get as many people running in as many things as you can. I think is the big part. Oh, that but, would make complete sense. I was trying yeah. to be sarcastic, but yeah, that makes complete sense. But I think I shared with Aaron the other thing uh, at some point. Uh, UW just had a sub four minute mile, uh, a, Ooh, in the indoors and that. he, he won by like 13 seconds in the mile. Well, yeah. If <laughs> so, you're going to go sub four, you're going to win. Yeah. Like a three fifty eight. basic beat. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to find exactly the name there, but it was like a three fifty eight mile. Uh, so that was, that was something that's just incredible to have seen there, but yeah, it's been, been a good start to the indoor track and, uh, field season for men's and women's, uh, Badgers track. So keeping track on as many of these things as we can as we go through since we had some time today. But, uh, Aaron, did you have anything else to add on this? We did not talk about Packers at all in this podcast to this point, which might be a new record. I kind of don't know want that to. I, want, <laughs> I, know, I, I, know, I know back in the early days, I think we had an a, a entire podcast where we didn't talk about the Packers out of protest. But, it's kind of uh, where I am again. Give me real news and we'll talk about it. But all we've got uh, is rumor. I, but and but like like that so, that soft sell from coming out of Packers camp that uh, uh, <laughs> that uh, Rogers isn't going to be back next year. Like I'll I'll believe it when uh, I see it. I really I really yes. will. Or is are we going to be held hostage again as fans for eight months? You know that's oh, that's what I think is going to happen in my heart of hearts. But. Uh, uh, the fact that it kind of came out that the Packers might be moving on, um, I, I wanted to address that a little bit um, since we didn't have a Packers segment today. Okay. About Move quickly um, then, <laughs> about about how uh, other teams fans tend to get on Packers fans about like, oh, you've got an All Star quarterback, Hall of Famer quarterback. How can you deal with this? Blah 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 blah. Whatever. At a certain point, this is turning into Favre drama. It's not that we don't appreciate what Aaron Rodgers has done or what he's it's it's just it's dragging on. It's it's that hot girlfriend that you can't stand anymore 
you know, the Dimitri Martin bit about like, you're this hot and I will listen to you about your stupid cat. And then I don't want to hear about your stupid cat anymore. You know, it's just, you know, it's, it's getting old. Like, like you can't, you can't as a fan base be drugged through this every year. Like it's stupid and it's garbage. And I, I would rather have a bad team for a couple of years on a rebuild than rehashing and running it back again you know it's we we can't keep doing the same thing and pretending it's the same thing we've been pretending it's the same thing since 2010 and that's not right i mean we don't have charles woodson anymore we don't have jordy nelson we don't have greg jennings we don't have we don't have clay matthews in his prime anymore we don't we the team has no identity there's no strong people on defense there's there's nothing and it's it's all hinged on what's Aaron Rodgers going to do. You know, let's move along. And then the last thing, John, because I wanted to get this in during the bug segment. Um, so uh, Giannis is the All Star Game captain of oh, the East. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we should have put and, that in there. <laughs> in the East, it's him, Kyrie Irving, Durant, Mitchell, and Tatum. In the West, it's John or it's uh, uh, LeBron James as captain. Imagine that Giannis and James again. Weird, huh? Yep. And uh, Doncic, Curry, Jokic, and Williamson. Zion. Excellent. Who is? Who do you think Giannis is going to take with first pick? I, I haven't thought a minute about it. I guess <laughs> I've been too busy just trying to watch I, regular games. I think it's fun because Giannis isn't going to pick like anybody else. I think he's going to take Steph Curry first. That's probably true. You know how they're doing the All Star game, right? Like they're literally picking right before the game who they want on their team. I don't know. As an all-star game, none of the all-star games are that interesting anymore. Well, I think it's interesting because Giannis is one of the captains. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, I'm not telling anyone not to watch it. I'm just saying I'm not going to probably spend a lot of time on it because, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of them. I might watch a minute or so. Well, I think it's fun. Good. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch a game either, but I think it's fun. Good. And and you're right, and I'm glad you think so. I'm not trying to tell you not to. Just here we go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you again for joining us for another wonderful week. Been pretty fantastic for most, thing, most things, especially things inside of Milwaukee. But uh, remember to follow the show on Twitter at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host and Aaron at Cheddar Talk. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at Scotty Johnny One or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.